Welcome to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number two. I'm your host and your boy, Andy Santos, a.k.a. Santos, proud owner of santos-threads.com. Coming your way another time right now, episode number two. Uh, First of all, I want to give a special shout out to everyone who listened or saw me on YouTube last week for the debut of the first episode of the Santos Says Podcast. A special shout out to each and every one of you. I am very thrilled with the uh, response, overwhelmed with with all the responses uh, from all of you. I am very thrilled to see that everyone um, enjoyed it, agreed with me, disagreed with me. The interaction was great. And um, I just want to say thank you for that. And I look forward to continuing this uh, with you guys and and keeping it going. So in this episode, I will have my first guest, my first guest on the Santos Says podcast. This young man is an up and coming rising star in hip hop, representing Queens. He goes by the name of B Drippy. B Drippy is an up-and-coming Queens and Long Island-based hip-hop superstar in the making. He is my blood brother. He is my younger brother. I'm thrilled for him to come on here. And what we're going to talk about is why New York does not care about the Brooklyn Nets. And why, after all these years, the New York Knicks are still king. Also, we're going to get his thoughts on the NBA playoffs and get a couple uh, get into some finals and playoff predictions uh, for this season. So we're going to get into all that and more on the Santos Says Podcast episode number two. Uh, B. Drippy should be joining us shortly. I'm actually uh, texting him right now to see where he is. And he should be joining the studio very soon. So let's get a look to see where he's at. And um, we'll get his thoughts because, you know, it's interesting how you look at the Brooklyn Nets and uh, and um, you see the firepower, the superstars. They boast three of the top five or ten superstars in the league. Um, and yet with all that, I mean, New York doesn't even bat an eye. All everyone all everyone has spoken about has been about the Knicks. Um, the Nets had a hard time selling tickets. This is this is a, a fact. Um, they couldn't sell tickets, you know? And so that was a problem, you know, they couldn't sell tickets. And, and when you know you're in trouble, when, first of all, we still have the COVID regulations, you know, we're not looking at full, uh, capacity right now. And we're, we're, you know, we're not at a hundred percent yet in New York state yet. And still, um, you know, yet and still, they couldn't even sell those tickets. I mean, we're looking at maybe 10,000 uh, 10, seats or so. So, and they had a hard time getting rid of those, uh, you know, getting people to buy those tickets. So um, that's crazy when you think about it in that way. I mean, you're, you're, you have all these great superstars and uh, you couldn't get them to, to join, you know, to, to, um, get people to join the the party in, in Brooklyn over there, you know, and uh, so it's, it's crazy. And so that's the problem. Uh, when you look at a team, you know, that that's one of the things and people don't understand it. Obviously, look, if you're watching ESPN or you're looking at, um, you know, if you're looking at ESPN or, or Fox sports or whatever, you're going to get another idea, especially if you don't live in New York, you would think that, you know, on the outside looking in, you're probably like, man, I um, I bet you, um, you know, Brooklyn is taking over. And it's like no one here is even batting an eye. I mean, it's just what it is. Like, no one cares. I hate to say it that way, but no one cares. No one cares. And that goes back to history, right? Because, you know, New York was the... You know, New York was always dominated by the New York Knicks. And um, that's what it was. New York Knicks were one of the original 
teams in the NBA. So that's what that's what happened. You know, you they're one of the original teams in the NBA, and the Nets, which were the New York Nets, were an ABA franchise. And look who we have here. We have a very special guest, and um, I'm going to bring him into the stream now, into the studio. Uh, as promised, rising hip-hop star, B. Drippy. Um, he's my brother, but don't get it twisted. We're cut from the same cloth. Uh, this young man has got a lot of talent. Not only does he have a lot of talent, not only does he um, have a very... Um, the work ethic is impeccable, but he knows his sports as well. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about why New York does not care about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I really value his opinions and I really value his um, perspective. And that's why I have him on here as well. So let's bring him in. Let's welcome to the show. Be drippy. What's going on, yo? Appreciate bro. What's going on? Nah, anytime, brother. Anytime. Uh, first of all, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here. Um, glad to have you on the show. Um, I see you hustling out there. You repping. You rep. I like that though. Look at that repping the Puerto Rico, baby. That's what's up. I like that. What's going what's on? What, are we talking about? what happened? Uh, what we get into. All right. So let's talk about. All right, so about New York, I, I had I had done like a little intro. I was talking about how uh, New York does not care about the Brooklyn Nets. As you know, they've never been a factor here in New York. Like, you know, no one cares. All everybody can talk about, you remember the whole season, all everybody talked about was, what are the Knicks doing? What are the Knicks doing? What are the Knicks doing, right? Mm -hmm. We don't even, you know, we barely even talked about the, the, um, the Nets, right? Uh, so, you know, all we talked about was uh, when they're going to play together, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So I, I want to know, like, what, what is your, because we talk about this kind of stuff a lot. Right. In your estimation, what is your opinion on why New York does not care about the Nets? I feel like the number one, the main fact is everybody knows them as the New Jersey Nets. You understand? To me, me personally, I wasn't a fan when they moved to Brooklyn because in my eyes, and keep in mind, like, I'm still young. I just turned 20. I'm an 01 baby, born in 2001. So I grew up on the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? The Nets became the Brooklyn Nets, was it 2012? 2012-13 season, right? Around there, yeah. Okay. So by then, I'm already like 11, 12 years old. I'm set on the Knicks. You understand? My only history with the Nets is seeing them as the New Jersey Nets. So I guess it was like Darren Williams, Brooke Lopez. Um, that was more so my era. Marshawn Brooks, all that. So I feel personally for them to just come to New York all of a sudden and expect to have the same kind of momentum or same kind of, I guess, history that they had in New Jersey. Eh, I don't know, man. I wasn't really feeling it, to be honest with you. Um, I feel like New Jersey, they should have stood in New Jersey. I feel like New Jersey should have a team. I feel like New Jersey is a pretty big state itself. So um, I can respect the decision from a business standpoint, you know, coming to Brooklyn and, you know, obviously you're going to make a lot of money. Um, Brooklyn is a huge borough in itself, but me personally, I'm not a big fan of it because I feel like, um, you're kind of taking the history from New Jersey and you're kind of like not bringing it with you. I guess that's what comes with, um, I don't know if you even call it, I guess, relocation of a franchise that relocates. But me personally, I'm, I wasn't a huge fan coming into it, to be honest with you, just for that simple fact. I felt like, um, they should have just stood in New Jersey. I feel like there's no need to come to Brooklyn. New York is already as big of a market with the Knicks, you know? The Knicks are like a top five most valuable franchise in all of sports, by the mm -hmm. way. That's know. a fact. Um, so everybody knows New York. Most people know New York because of uh, MSG, Master Square Garden, the biggest, the best arena in the world, no doubt about it. And the Knicks so happen to play there. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand why there would be any need for a whole new arena and a whole new team to represent New York. I feel like there's only one team that does that the best that being the Knicks for basketball at least that's how I feel agreed I, I agree with you and, and the thing see I like what you said what you said you made a good point in that 
they they made that transition from New Jersey and then they kind of rebranded. But to me, one of the biggest problems I would have with the Brooklyn Nets, especially if I were a fan from the original, let's say there's some old guy. I mean, generally, look, let's be honest. The leagues don't care about the old guys, the old fans. They're, they're catering to the young market, right? Exactly. So um, to me, the biggest problem I would have with um, – the biggest problem I would have is if I were an old fan, like an old school fan, was that it looks like they kind of like rejected their history anyway. Like as soon as they went Brooklyn, it's like they're not even the Nets. Like they're just like the Brooklyn Brooklyns. That's like they just they know the colors are different, the uniforms different. They don't even they go Brooklyn, Brooklyn. exactly. Like, and mm-hmm. everything is is different. And and so with that, with a different logo, different color scheme, different everything. It's like you erased the Jason Kidd era without trying. Exactly. But that's what they did. Vince Carter. People Vince like, Carter. I, uh, I, Kerry Kittles. Exactly. I was born in 2001, but, you know, I grew up watching those type of, you understand? Those, those teams from the 90s. And, well, you remember Vince Carter. I mean, and, Vince Carter was a little bit later, so you probably remember Vince Carter as a younger uh, kid. Uh, I got a whole bunch of good players like for New Jersey, like we just named. I mean, Jason Kidd, Jerry Stackhouse. Um, Brooke Lopez, um, give me more. Uh, like you just said, um, Vince Carter. Vince Carter was there. Even Scalabrini was there. Yeah. (laughs) Brian Scalabrini. It's a whole bunch of, you understand? And I feel like when they came to Brooklyn, like you said, I feel like they just wiped that entire history, which is, even though, even if they didn't, you can't look at New Jersey Nets and Brooklyn Nets the same. I don't care what anybody says. Because it's two different states, okay? And another thing that I was going to say, there's a lot of Knicks fans that switched once this move, once we got um, Brooklyn got Kyrie, KD, Harden, kind of got that big three. You know what I'm saying? The yeah, last yeah. year. So I've seen, and I know personally, a lot of Knicks fans who switched and became Nets fans after. And that's a whole different discussion. But me, per- yeah. like, me personally, I can't respect anybody who does that. And I feel like that's toxic for the basketball community. If you switching teams like that just because you got three superstars on one team, don't get me wrong. I mean, I can based on this season as obviously I, I, me personally, I don't think there's anybody beating the Nets. I mean, Kyrie, Harden, KD are three of the top twenty, top fifteen, if not best players in the league, no doubt, no doubt. When they're both, they're playing on the court healthy, nobody's stopping them. Nobody. I don't care what anybody says. That's my personal opinion. But if you were Knicks fan your whole life, and just because you got three superstars on one team. You got the whole team. It could look like the damn dream team, bro. I'm not switching up on my team, bro. Like, and that's the main thing with me that irritates me about the Brooklyn Nets. It's not necessarily the Brooklyn Nets' fault. I mean, I give them credit as an organization, bringing in the best talent they can. But from a fan perspective, like, that's messed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Knicks, and I'm a Knicks fan, like I said. I've been through a lot of ups and downs with the Knicks, mostly down over the years, mostly down, you know? Just, they, they suck, you know? So to have them in the playoffs is a blessing. But I just can't respect that, man. Just like too many people switching up on on, on the Knicks, man. It's just I can't respect it. I, yeah, it, it happens too because you got to remember this generation is gonna is growing up that way because you know I, I feel like LeBron kind of ushered in that era when he went to Miami, right, with the big decision, and then he he empowered the NBA superstar to the point where now everybody's like, wait a second, I have power. I'm gonna go to wherever I want to go, right? So now it's like, all right, instead of signing five, six-year deals, you saw guys were signing two, three-year deals. Just to win a chip and leave, man. To win a chip and leave, yeah. So it just created this culture, what is a culture that is like a very transient type of culture. Right. Um, You know what I mean? Where guys are going from here to there every other year, every two years. Um, So that's a good – and one of the other things, too, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned about the the Nets – See, I always said this, and I talked to our father about this too, because we our father's a big sports fan. So I told dad too, like one of the things I said with dad was I said, I feel like if Julius Irving never left, if they never traded Julius Irving, I feel like that would have changed the Nets history forever. Like I feel like the Nets would have had that history, and they probably would have been like they probably would have won an NBA title when the when the leagues merged. I feel like that because you got to remember Julius Irving before Jordan, before all these people, he was the GOAT. People called Julius Irving the GOAT. He was the GOAT. So he would have changed. Now, obviously, that's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But 
My point is that that would have changed the course of history because it would have solidified a franchise in the NBA where it was solidified in the ABA. But Julius Irving would have really made the Nets. They probably would have won an NBA title because they had a, their team was stacked at that time too. They would have won. <clears throat> I believe it would have changed everything. Would have gave them history. Whereas people look at the Nets like a joke because they don't have the history, and then like the current rendition of the team doesn't honor that history either or the tradition. Right. You know. I agree for the most part. I mean, um, a lot of people forget too that. A lot of people just say generally, all oh, New Jersey Nets was just a, a shitty franchise. Yeah. Anyway, the New Jersey Nets had more success than the Brooklyn Nets have had in their seven, eight years as a franchise. And people forget that the it's Nets- It's not even close. It's not even close. People forget that the Nets went to the finals two years, two in, years a in a row. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, not- they lost to a better team. They lost to a team they should lose to. Like, they didn't have- Nobody was stopping Shaq. Like, it was a different league. Like, Shaq was, a, was like a freaking monster. Like, the guy, who was going to guard guard him? You couldn't, you, they had a, a, a old Dikembe Mutombo already. Like, who was going to guard The book, no doubt, I, I feel like the Brooklyn Nets move New Jersey to Brooklyn, I feel like most of it had to do with just the marketing aspect. You got to mm-hmm. understand, when they moved to Brooklyn, Jay-Z was a big uh, name behind that move. Mm-hmm. That's right. Even just like as a as 12, 13 year old kid, like I mentioned earlier, uh, 2K13 came out, NBA 2K13. And everybody plays 2K to this day, right? So yeah. NBA 2K13 came out, Jay Z uh, executively produced the soundtrack and all that. And I believe that was the same year that the Brooklyn Nets first came into the, the video game. So obviously, there's a correlation between, there's a connection between this. So it was just bigger than basketball. You understand? It was bigger than just a history or a winning tradition. When you move to Brooklyn, you got to understand you're going to get a lot more new fans. Uh, somebody uh, as a legend as Jay-Z is, uh, you have a name like that behind your franchise. Um, you're going to get a lot, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, uh, make a lot of money and ticket sales and just uh, Jersey sales and mer- just everything. You understand? So I feel like the move from New Jersey to Brooklyn had a lot more so to do with, um, you know, this. So, um, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and to be fair, like I don't like to use a, like revisionist history on stuff. So like to be fair, what you say in theory makes a lot of sense. Like um, them being in Jersey, since they already had that connection, they've been in Jersey for a long time already. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, they weren't drawing in Jersey. Like, the, do you realize that the only professional sports team left in Jersey is the New Jersey Devil? I mean. Technically, now we can talk about the Giants and Jets, but they're not branded as such, right? They're not branded as New Jersey. You got to understand, too, for the Jets and Giants, you get everybody that's going to those games are from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The- Long Island and all our, and the and former New Yorkers that live in Jersey now. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we don't, I definitely don't consider that. The only team you're right is the Devils, the New Jersey Devils. The Devils. They don't have any other teams, and they're there because they have history. They've won Stanley Cups. Right. Now, I'm not a hockey expert, but I, I want to say they have like four or five cups, I, I believe. So, like, they have a lot of – or three – all right, whatever. If there's a hockey fan listening to this, they're going to kill me. But somewhere between three and five cups. They have a lot of cups, okay? Right. They have more cups than the Rangers. Put mm-hmm. it to you that way. Right. So, um, oh, anyway, with, with that, you know, and, and – but um, so <laughs> now that you know – look, now that we're looking around us, we're seeing everything as Knicks mania, right? I mean, I have not seen Knicks fans this excited since the last time they were in the playoffs. Crazy. I love it. I love it and I hate it. And I'll tell you why. The bandwagoners? No, not even that. Um, I love it for the simple fact that we're in the playoffs. It's been eight years, right, since we playoffs. Um, We're not the most talented on paper, but we have a great coach and we know how to play together, and that's all that matters. You understand? So um, that just shows you what team effort and, um, you know, and obviously you got to play, but mostly what team effort does. You know, you play as a team and you play defense um, and you compete every night, you're going to be in the playoffs. So that's exactly what the Knicks did. And regardless of what happens this series, I'm proud of them. You know? I agree. I agree. They they deserve, they've gone above and beyond the expectation. I mean, you look at that roster, like, what are you doing with that? <laughs> like, I was looking at that roster and like, you know, I hear people talk about, yeah, man, Alec, Alec Burks and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Alec Burks has played for like seven teams <laughs> right, right. in six years, six or 17. Like, 
journeyman and and there's a lot of players that that are similar to him there's a lot of players that that can play i mean alec Burks could always you know I, I was watching him in utah also he could always shoot he could always play but he was a journeyman yeah. so there's plenty of players like that lou will on the opposing team is a perfect example he's a bucket he can score but he's had his fair share of, of trades as well um trevor ariza is like the most traded nba player of all time former nick former nick he's, he's not the same player he once was but he player as well and those are just examples that i can think of at the top of my head right now but there's plenty you understand but uh, they're more disposable those players are disposable those are players who teams will always give contracts to if you can put buck if you can shoot the ball there's always going to be a spot for you to play or if you have size length you know like like ariza has length so he, he's going to yeah. always have a, a job so i feel like the main thing is before all that is just in the NBA, you gotta learn how to play your role. You gotta know what role you're gonna play, and you gotta stick to it. Trevor Ariza, for example, or Lou Will, you never heard Lou Will complaining about being in the starting lineup. He was content being a six man when he's six yeah. man of the year. He's he good at that role. Come in at the, as a six man, put up twenty points a game, eighteen to twenty points a game, and do what he gotta do, and he got the job done. Same thing with Trevor Ariza. Same thing with a lot of these other players. You understand? Even Alec Burks was mostly a bench guy. He's getting a lot more minutes now. Um, but in Utah and other teams, he was having like 18 minutes a game and giving you 18 to 20 minutes a game and giving you 12, 13 points a game. So I like those players, you know, that can do that and players that know how to play their role, not only offensively, defensively as well. I know players that come in just for defense, you know, um, in our situation is Frank. I mean, he didn't have such a great defensive performance game one, as we know what happened in the yeah. five seconds. But everybody's entitled to a game or so like that. I mean, I believe he has potential defensively. Offense still needs work, but that's another conversation. So I told you why I like it uh, for the simple fact that we're in the playoffs again. I don't like it for another reason, and that's more so just because I really don't want the Knicks to just be stay with this team, if that makes sense. You understand? They found yeah. something that works. They have a roster that works. But I feel like sometimes the Knicks make bad moves. As a, as a organization as well. I'm worried for the simple fact, like in the long run, I don't want the Knicks to just be content with the roster they have. Um, I feel like a lot of more players are going to are gonna possibly uh, be interested in coming to the Knicks because now it's it's more of a respectable organization, at least for this year, you know? They're, they're a playoff team now. You're going to have a lot more eyes in free agency. I just feel like I don't want the Knicks to just not do anything, if that makes sense. You understand what I'm saying? Um, see, I yeah, I'm afraid. See, I would think the other way. I'll tell you what will scare me. Knowing the Knicks history, and I know they've had a good year. If a Nick, a Nick fan, what would scare a Nick fan would be this. This was what would scare me if I were you. Th their propensity to go after the star and blow up the whole team. And that's been their MO forever. And I wouldn't worry about them trying to stay the same. I would worry about after this year, they, them making a stupid trade for somebody who's like over the hill, who's not worth it. And they get rid of their nucleus. Like the young, like they'll trade Barrett and like, uh, give me right. Like they'll trade Barrett and who's the other and Toppin. all of a sudden Toppin develops an inside game and averages 18 and 10. Right. Well, in another I, team, but another team. No, I, I definitely, that scares me. That's another thing too. And that's what I mean. It don't like for Paul George or something like that. Like yeah. if they make a trade for Paul George, you, you pull your hair out. Well, realistically, I, I expect the Knicks to make moves. I don't think it's going to be that crazy. As long as Tom is the coach, I don't think we're going to do anything out of the sorts. Um, I'm more so happy than, than, than hated. Obviously I'm more happy that the Knicks are in the playoffs. I do believe they'll pull it out and, and win this series. Um, I think it'll be six or seven games, the minimum six. I think more so is going to be to seven. Atlanta's tough. Like I said, Atlanta's got shooters. Um, I they, got the Knicks in seven. They, they I got, think the Knicks will win. I, I think it's going to go six or seven, but I'm, I'm just, just to pick a number, I would say seven. Knicks in seven, and the Nets are going to destroy. This, like Celtics are out of here. They're well, like I said, I think the, Knicks, the Nets are going to destroy everybody they face. I think their only challenge is going to come more so probably in the finals. And even then, I think that they'll probably win in game six depending who the who the team is. Um, the West, I can't... My finals prediction, and I'll tell you right here, so we can have this recorded. And right. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Back to it. Put it on the record, bro. Put it on the record. I got the in the finals for the Eastern yeah. It's pretty much clear-cut. The West is a little more difficult, but this is what I'm going to tell you. I don't have a clear-cut winner for the West, but if the Lakers beat the Suns first round, which right now they're looking good and it's a possibility... 
I got Lakers and Nets in the finals. I don't got anybody beating the Lakers other than the Suns. My finals prediction has been the same before as it is now. It hasn't changed, and I agree with you. See, people people overreact to every little thing, right? So before, ooh, LeBron came back, AD is not 100%, blah, blah, blah. I don't listen to any of the noise. It's clear, cut, and dry. Who's got the battle-tested roster? Who's got the talent? In the playoffs, what wins? The talent and toughness. That's what wins, period. Talent, toughness, and obviously coaching. And I'd say Lakers, Lakers have all three. Experience as well. Experience, well, yeah, experience, toughness. Those, yeah, Lakers got all three. Playoff basketball and regular season basketball is completely different. LeBron is one of the GOATs, obviously. He beats out all these teams when it comes to experience. So you could just have LeBron alone on that team, and he's going to try his best to get you there. You understand? They're getting to the final. Bro, we can put it put it in the books right now. The Lakers are getting to the finals again. It's going to be Nets and Lakers. I agree 120%, and I haven't changed off of that. Not Nets good. have too much talent. You think the, you're telling me the Sixers are going to beat the Nets? No, no. You're telling me that, come on, Milwaukee, if they get there? Well, I trust Miami more than Milwaukee because Miami's got balls. Now, it could go either way, but. Yeah. I mean, even if Milwaukee beats Miami this year, it's not much of no. an indication of anything because Miami has had injuries throughout most of the season. And as well, I'm surprised Miami made it to the finals last year at all. Like, point blank range. I feel like the bubble was just another, another thing, you know. Now that we're back somewhat to regular basketball and you got fans now, now you're going to see who's really made of what. You understand what I'm saying? Because fans do dictate the games. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, they help. They they change it. Like, like you, you know, know, I was I was thinking also, like, I think, it call me crazy, I think the Knicks are going to play better on the road. And that's what I was I, talking about. Because yeah. I was just having this conversation with somebody earlier on. I didn't know the Knicks played today. I thought, I knew they were playing Sunday. But quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, quick turnaround. I, all of it, I thought I heard somebody last time saying uh, Knicks and Hawks on Sunday. I might have been wrong. I don't know. I thought they were playing Sunday, though. I didn't. They are, but I thought that the next game was Sunday. I didn't know that they're playing tonight. So I expect a, a turnaround. I expect Randall. Tonight meaning the day of the recording. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I expect Randall to do his thing. Um, I can't picture him being cold the whole series. I mean, he, he's too good for that. You understand? Every player is entitled to one bad night. Two bad nights. I'm a little worried, but okay. Three bad nights is like, what the fuck? I think Randall might go off. He might go off in this next game because they he was starting to figure them out in the end of that game. It's just that he was he he needs to take it inside again. He had been shooting too many jump shots. So in my estimation, he he just needs to get back, draw fouls, take it to the basket, and then the outside game will come back. Well, I don't care what anybody says. The pressure's on Atlanta now. Yeah. The pressure. Yeah, 100%. And, and – you know, like I just said, the regular season and playoffs are two different things, but the Knicks were 3-0 against them in the regular season against them. Um, they know how to beat this team. Um, like I said, regular season is different from playoffs. You play with a lot more intensity. You got something to lose. You don't want to go home. Nobody wants to go home. But when you beat a team three times in the regular season, and, you know, that that's going to help you. You understand? Because you got a formula to beat them. Now yeah. it's just matter of executing it, which the Knicks haven't done the first two games. They haven't shot well. If they continue to play defense the way they played the second half of last game with that intensity in the third quarter and fourth quarter, and they bring that for a whole 48 minutes, and Bullock is on, and Randall's on, and Rose keeps doing what he's doing, and the rest of the players just play their roles and, and do well, we'll win. We'll, we'll beat them in six, seven games, but we'll win. You understand? So that's all I ask for with this team. Um, if we could do that and get to that second round, at least I'll be happy. Even yeah, yeah, those are reasonable expectations. I agree. I, I think those are reasonable expectations. Um, so I, I agree with your prediction. My prediction would be the same, pretty much as yours. Like, just whatever. Like, like I think that at the end of the day, LeBron is there. He's gonna drag the Lakers to the finals. Like the West is so wide open. You know, Denver's missing Murray. They're not gonna go far enough without Murray. Murray's a big piece, even though they got Jokic and he's balling. But uh, Memphis, do you take Memphis serious? I mean, come on. No. Um, one game, they won the first game. What the game one against Utah? They're playing Utah, right? Let me. Double, yeah, they're playing Utah. Are they? So they won game one. Um, it was a bad game. It's not gonna happen again. You understand? So Memphis isn't gonna beat gonna beat that team in in, in the best of four. So Memphis is out. Um, 
I don't know, man. The only threat that I see against the Lakers, I was going to say, would have been the Suns or maybe the Jazz. Um, the Nuggets, like you said, without Murray, going to be tough. It's, Murray's the, I feel, besides Jokic, obviously, the most valuable player on that team come playoff time. You saw what he did last year in the bubble. Yeah, he could ball. He could uh, ball. Playoff Murray is a different animal. You understand? So when you don't have a player like that, you're not going to get very far. Um I don't know, man. Uh, West is a little more difficult for me to choose. But like I said, if the Lakers beat the Suns, I got them in the finals as well. And then I got the Nets winning it all. I just think that that's clear cut. I don't think anybody could beat the Nets. So what I think that – so you take the Nets for me for – for but I think the Lakers are going to repeat. I think LeBron is going to find a way. I know it sounds crazy right now. People are thinking – would think I'm crazy. If uh, you're listening to this, you're going to think I'm crazy. The Los Angeles Lakers are going to be repeat champions. But according to Drippy, to be uh, Drippy, I don't the know. Nets will win. Now, this is what I want to ask you, though, because this is what I'm going to get to. If the Brooklyn Nets win the championship, how many people will, will jump on the bandwagon? <laughs> All of Brooklyn will already. So forget about it. The whole borough is gone. You ain't got you. You it's gonna get to a point where if you wearing anything Knicks in Brooklyn, you getting jumped. <laughs> it's getting to that. They're gonna take that as disrespect. Like you're not gonna wear. You, it's gonna be Nets territory. It already is. So you know what I'm saying. I feel like it's just gonna get to a point where like, yeah, understand something. You never gonna not sell out MSG because even if the Knicks are trash, that shit still. They're never gonna be the Knicks. Yeah, they won't be the Knicks. But. If it makes sense, you might have at the end of the day more Nets fans than Knicks fans in New York. If that makes sense, you understand? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. They're, they're gonna take a long time. You know how long it's gonna take for them to do that? Drippy, there's no listen. There is no way. I I don't see Brooklyn Nets fans now. Now, mind you, I'm not in Brooklyn anymore, but they're not here. Like when you have, see, to be a real popular franchise, like you need to have fans everywhere. Like you can't just have fans in your borough or ten blocks from where you play. You know what I mean? Like okay. Knicks fans, you can go to Florida literally and find a Knicks fan. In but that's what I'm saying as well. You don't have to be a Brooklyn fan to be a Brooklyn Nets fan. You understand? You could be a Kyrie fan. You could be a Harden fan. You could be a. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So you're oh. saying they're gonna be kind of like fake fans. Is what you're saying? Like kind of like they root for the player. They don't root for the team. They that's root for the player. Seventy-five percent of Nets fans, in Brooklyn Nets. I'm not saying New Jersey Nets. Seventy-five percent of Brooklyn Nets fans are fake, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I get you. I get you. I yeah. can't tell you how many people became Nets fans because Harden, Kyrie, and KD came. More so, Kyrie and KD. More so, Harden came in this year. I mean, my opinion. I think Harden when he's on. So let me. Don't hate me, but I feel like when Harden is on. I feel like he's better than Kyrie when he's 100%. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you. You see, this is the thing. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I've been saying this for a while. See, the reason why Harden gets so much flack, Harden gets a lot of flack because Houston was asking him to do something that he wasn't supposed to be doing. They asked him. D'Antoni had him handling the rock, shooting the rock, um, distributing the rock, ISO with the rock. Like, he was doing everything. Every, this that's not what he, if you want he's not supposed to be the number one guy of your team he's a very good number two or one a if you ask Harden to do what he's doing right now this is the best Harden you're gonna see oh he can be I agree and disagree I agree that he can't do it all as a number one guy no he's not that kind but, of guy but from a scoring perspective he's he could be the number one guy compared to KD no because obviously KD's scores yeah but houston houston was asking him to not only i get what you're saying to score he had he ran the whole off the guy was playing like the whole game like he barely sat on the bench so when he got to the playoffs he was wasted he was out of gas no that yeah you, know, you get what i'm saying that's why he didn't play well in the playoffs he was tired that and he's not in shape ever that doesn't help the he's out of shape the <laughs> is they failed to to bring talent around him they brought two, a couple players. I'm not going to say they never did. They brought a couple players. Uh, Chris Paul, obviously, it didn't work out. You brought Melo. That didn't work out. That was honest. Those were, you see the talent that they surrounded him with? Those are players that are not they're not conducive to his skill set. Yeah. He needs the ball in his hand. He needed guys who 
who can move without the ball, exactly. who are more that are not not only that move that can move without the ball, but who are um, not ISO players. Melo was an ISO player. Chris Paul needed the ball. You understand? So those guys didn't mix. That's why KD works well because KD can move with the ball, without the ball. He can shoot in transition. You know, he can score in transition. He can do everything. Not only that, you need a player that can translate to wins. And uh, I love Melo. Melo's a top 10 player of mine. One of my favorite players of all time. Obviously, he's half put Yeah, me too. Me so, too. So, you know, I got a lot of love for Melo. But at the same time, um, who would you rather have on your team to win? Uh, KD or Melo? You know, say what KD you is more conducive to winning because KD is is more flexible in his style. Melo needs a certain Melo. See, I think we talked about this before. Um, Melo is his style was more conducive to a certain. He needed a certain type of player to be successful, and he never got it. Unfortunately, if he would have had Chris Paul in his career, he would have won. I agree because Chris Paul was perfect for him. I agree. I agree. Um, I, at the same time. Um, a lot of people say what you want about KD. He's a snake. He he didn't he couldn't beat him, so he joined them. If it wasn't for KD, and they won two chips together, right? We're going to say he won. Yeah, they won two. They went to three finals. They won two out of the three. If it wasn't for KD, you would have not won those two. I don't care what anybody says, bro. If it wasn't for KD, <clears throat> excuse me. If it wasn't for KD, you wouldn't have won those two. Maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe. He put them over the top. He put them over the top. Yeah, but yeah. you wouldn't. You wouldn't have won those two if it wasn't for KD. If you watch KD in those playoffs in Golden State, now he went off. That was the best he's played in his whole career. Come on, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like yeah, that was his best. That was his best. Joining the team, if you can't beat him, whatever, whatever, whatever. I think it had more so to do that KD was just tired of playing in OKC, just tired of the scenery playing. You know, he he played what eight, nine years there, even when since there was Seattle. Maybe not eight. Was he was it? drafted by Seattle. He was drafted. He wore a Seattle jersey, literally wore a Seattle jersey his first year. Exactly. So players get tired of playing on the same team, bro. It's me, and I play 2K. My career, I'm tired of playing 20 games with one team. <laughs> 20, 20 games. You play 20 games in like two days. Exactly. Imagine these guys in real life playing with the, and going with through real emotions, you understand, and just losing every year, especially blowing a 3-1 lead. I leave too. You understand? So, um. He doesn't. He he doesn't owe, owe like OKC anything. If anything, OKC owns him. Oh, not owns him. Owes him. Oh, owes, yeah, owes oh, him. Oh, make that clear oh, distinction. Owes him. Oh, oh. <laughs> we don't want no trouble. We don't want no trouble. If no, anything, but... OKC owes him because um, what he did for that team was he's gotten them to the Western Conference Finals. He got them to the finals. You understand? So, yeah. um, just because he blows a three-one lead, you understand. He's not the only player on that team. There's 12 other guys, 13 other guys on that team. Regardless, I mean, that's past. Well, what I was saying is you can love the move, hate the move. I wasn't a fan of it when it happened. I'm not a KD fan, just to let y'all know. I am not a KD fan. I am not a KD fan, but you got to give true. I'm not either, but, you know, we, but we're objective enough to give credit where it's due. He he's, a, he's a lethal. He's one of the all-time great scorers. In, in the, exactly. The but I, so that's what I'm saying. You understand, like, um. But at the end of the day, to sum it up, nobody can beat the book of Nets. That's how I feel. Um, I, I got to have to disagree with you when it comes to the Lakers. Finals? Yeah. The <laughs> Lake, I, I will see because I think that, listen, don't get me wrong. And I will put this out there for the record. There is no NBA franchise I hate more than the Brooklyn Nets. No, I'm just kidding. That I hate more than the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers. I can't stand the Lakers. Like, I, I don't like, I call them the fakers. I don't like the fakers. I don't like it that, that everybody likes the Lakers. They always, I don't like that they, they get every player they want. Everybody, bro, look at the history of the of the league. They get everybody who they want. Well, they're like the Yankees of, of them. Of basketball. They get everybody. I, I'm so sick of them. And now they're winning again. But I think they're going to win again. Because LeBron James and Frank Vogel, AD is starting to get his legs under him again. They have a good bench. They play very good defense. And when you play defense like that and you have LeBron and you have a good coach in Frank Vogel, you got a good chance to win. And the West, I don't trust. The Clippers are basura. They're garbage. Yeah. Clippers are garbage. They got no heart. I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks try to make a play to get quiet. I would not be surprised. 
That's another thing. I was. That's another. That's another good point. I think that's very possible. You got. It's possible. Kawhi. Kawhi got one more year on his contract. They already know he ain't gonna resign. If the Clippers don't want to lose him for nothing, they're gonna. They're gonna try to. You understand what I'm saying? They don't want to let him play one year and then not get anything out of him. They might try to let him go on his contract year and try to get something for him. And if the Knicks play it smart, they'll be able to get him for pennies on the dollar. They just got to wait. They can't get desperate. They have to get him, right? Wait some time. It may not be an off-season trade. It might be like a deadline type deal like Carmelo years ago, right? It'll And they'll get what they – they'll give up what they want to give up because Clippers are going to be desperate. Because they don't want to go away with, with not you know without anything. So if they're patient, if the Knicks are patient and they play their cards right, I think he can be had. I, I really believe that. I believe if if a trade like this was to happen, which I think is possible, I I don't see it be, being in the off season. I see it being in the yeah. line type situation, like yeah. you. Um, I see a lot of first round. I see a lot of picks being involved. Um, future first rounders. Um, maybe two or three. Um. Which, in the grand scheme of things, is not a, things is not a lot. Especially if you expect your team to be halfway decent, your draft picks are gonna suck anyway. And it, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It will it will be valuable because the first round pick is valuable no matter where you pick. But it won't be as valuable as you know the Knicks in 2015 and the and when they were horrible 2016. All those picks, you understand? Back when the Knicks were those were the bad days. You understand? Right. Right. Uh, right. So I see that definitely being a possibility. Uh, I see more so Lonzo coming to the Knicks, and we spoke about this earlier. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm gonna. I actually see this as like an eighty percent chance of happening, and I'll tell you why. I think it's a good chance. Yeah, it's a good chance. Pelicans don't like Lonzo. You could tell. You don't. Pelicans you could tell they don't. They don't really need him. Um, they got him as a temporary option, alternative, uh, temporary answer. I guess you could say more so. Uh, <laughs> I think he had the best. Career scoring wise and durability wise, he stood he- healthy pretty much throughout the season. Uh, he averaged, uh, I mean, like 14 and a half, so he did well. He shot very well. His but, shooting has improved. Uh, I'll say that it was bad, you know, his form was bad before, so I'll give you, I'll give you credit, you're right on that. He, his shooting has gotten better. A couple things, obviously, um, his assist numbers were, at, I believe, a career. No, so his playmaking wasn't as, as, and you figured it'd be higher because you got Brandon Ingram who gives you like 25, and Zion who gives you over 20, 24, 25 as well, I think. So those are but both they were players. running the offense through Zion. You remember we talked about this. That's another reason why I don't think they want to keep him around. They don't really need him because they've been running this point forward system with Zion. Zion is playing almost like LeBron role. He's playing like a LeBron role. I feel like... Falcons. One reason is they believe that he's a player that doesn't translate to wins. He's not a player that you're going to have there and is going to lead your team to, to a win at the end of the day. And it's similar to like an Andre Drummond situation. I remember throughout a trade deadline, everybody wanted the Knicks to get Andre Drummond from the Cavs. But what I did not want Drummond. I did not. Is the Cavs are trading an all-star because there's no doubt he's an all-star individual. You know, as a player, he's an all-star. He can play. But you got to ask yourself, why are the Cavs giving a right. player? And now Lakers fans wanted him. They were happy. They're like, we got a super team now with Schroeder, Davis, LeBron, uh, uh, Drummond. But now most Lakers fans hate that pickup because they starting to see what the Cavs saw months ago. He's a good player when healthy, but if he when he's healthy, but it's not going to translate to wins. He doesn't he, help them. See, when the, when they made that move, I agree with you. When I when you're right, when they made that move, I was thinking, why did they do this? Because he doesn't fit the Lakers. Like the Lake, you got to understand, you have AD there already. Like AD's healthy already or somewhat healthy. He's there. Like what Drummond is not going to help you that much. You it's know? just that stuff. He's like 20 and 15, which are good numbers. But if it don't, but you need these players to perform in crunch time and you need these guys to make the right decisions and, and, and you need these players to translate to wins. And he's just not one of them. And right now, I mean, Lonzo might be able to prove me wrong because he's still like 23, right? He's extremely young, like 23, 24, maybe, maybe. Um, as you know, I like Lonzo. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think he has a lot of potential. But um, I can see him coming to the Knicks as well. And I don't even think the Knicks have to give up much. As a matter of fact, I don't think they'll give up anything. They got a lot of cap space. They got a lot of a lot of money to work with. They're very flexible because they weren't able to really pick up anybody last offseason in free agency. I think that they'll make 
possibly sign him to a three, four year, eighty something million dollar deal. I think I think Lonzo will help them a lot. I I agree. I don't think that would be a bad pickup. But that's what the Knicks have now at point because I'm sorry, but quickly. Uh, <clears throat> he's like a Lou Williams 2.0. His size and um just the way he plays, his playmaking, he doesn't have. He's not a point. Playmaking no. is a point. And as uh, Alfred is gone, I mean Alfred has been the worst player on the Knicks right now. Sorry, this. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He played. He had a nice little run, like last month. You know, or a month and change ago. But. He had a good first year with us, and he had a good year up to All Star break. Very good year as a matter. Yeah, of he time. disappeared. Ever since All Star break, he disappeared, and he's been horrible the first two games with the Hawks. Um, I don't know why Dibs continues to start him. I don't understand, but whatever. But um, so yeah. You know, Alfred's gone. Uh, Derek Rose, I, I would, you know, I want him to stand this team as much as as long as he can. But obviously, as a backup role, you know, to, to continue to provide offense to a six man, seventh man role off the bench, we need a starting point guard. And I think Lonzo can really maximize the potential of both quickly getting him open shots and top and just that pick and roll that lob it to top and you know what I'm saying and lob it to top and that could be dangerous as long as Lonzo stays healthy, the rest will will work out. So I feel like. I'm more so convinced that the Knicks will make a move for Lonzo, more so Kawhi. Um, but I do well, because it's more obtainable. Yeah, it's more, more obtainable. Well, but I do believe overall, Kawhi's gone. Definitely yeah. after. Yeah, he's not gonna be with the Clippers much longer. Um, that's what I predict. So those are two predictions I'm gonna I'm gonna make right now. He should have stayed with Toronto. Exactly. I, I, a bad move. Knicks getting Lonzo, and we're gonna look back at this and laugh. Knicks getting Lonzo. And Kawhi is gone by trade deadline next year or free agency, whether he signed with somebody else. But he's gone. I'm not going to say Knicks are going to get Kawhi. I'll, I'll make a bold prediction. Knicks will get Kawhi next year. By this time next year, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard will be on the roster. I hope you're right. That's bold. That's bold. I hope you're right. I mean, um, but I got him leaving. Uh, I could hope it's the Knicks. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's gonna, I think LA is going to want too much. I don't think the Knicks are that dumb to take it. And I think that if we have a chance at him, he'll be in free agency. But then look, where is he gonna go? Right? Think about it. If he wants to kick and squeeze his way, kick and scream his way out of uh the Clippers, right? Where is he gonna go? He's gonna go to Dallas, maybe. Dallas is not a nice team, but who would Dallas have to get rid of, right? Exactly. Um I mean, you could throw in maybe like a Tim Hardaway Jr. Um <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. But <laughs> I feel like he's played well, though. He's played well. I'm not saying only him. I'm saying as part of the part of the, the, package, the package. Yeah, yeah. With with picks. I mean, you're not giving up Luca. They might even give away uh, Porzingis. Porzingis and Hardaway Jr. and a couple picks. That's enough. That's not a bad package, and I think they have extra picks as well. So I think it's staying much, very much longer in Dallas, and I'm happy he's out of New York. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't even talk about Porzingis. He's a he's a loser. Porzingis for Dennis Smith Jr. pretty much. A couple other players, picks, whatever. But we used Dennis Smith Jr. He was a bust, whatever. We got Derrick Rose in return. And look at Derrick Rose now. You got to look at it in the long run, you know? I wasn't a fan of it at first, but now I'm happy that you understand? So here we go, right? So now I want. this is what I wanted to get into now. This is very interesting. All right, so I, I talked about this before going in in my intro we have on our hands here a rising hip-hop superstar be drippy so i wanted to give you the chance to kind of talk to the people tell the people what we can expect from you now um any projects you have coming out on the way um where they can find you because i really feel that it's important that we support um talent that is not just any talent, but talent that's actually talented and grinding for what they want. And and you're an example of that. So uh, tell the people, just talk to the people, tell them what you wanna what you wanna say. All right, yeah, I appreciate that. So um, my name's B Drippy. That's my artist name. You can find me on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, all platforms at B Drippy. Um, I'm everywhere. I've been making music for about two years now. Um, at first, it was on and off. I've been taking it seriously like the last six months, six, seven months. Um, I'm dropping a single in the summer. I'm not going to commit to a date yet just because um, 
you know, was I'm still trying to get a couple things figured out. But what I can get is the single, and it's gonna have a visual to go along with it. The song's called Pull Up. Um, I don't know if you want to play like towards the end of the third. We're gonna play, of course. We're gonna play. What we're gonna do is we're gonna play a snippet at the end. When after we sign off, we're gonna play a, a snippet. Um of the record we're going to play a snippet as well as we're going to you know we're going to plug in all his information so uh you'll be able to see everybody on uh, watching on YouTube or even uh streaming on the different platforms I'm going to put the information so you guys know where to catch B Drippy and uh definitely follow him on IG and uh where to look out for the new video and uh and where to find the song as well we're definitely at the end when we sign out we'll we'll play the song yeah, um, so just check me out. Yeah, other than that, just check me out on social media. My IG is uh, at the real B Drippy, Twitter B Drippy three. Um, everywhere else, just B Drippy, Facebook, all that. You can follow me on there and just stay tuned. I got some stuff dropping. Man, we we're looking forward to it. Believe me, man. This I'm telling you, he's got a lot of talent. Um, he's got good music, and not only that, but he's he's unique. But at the same time, his style is very relevant to what's happening today. So it's important to be able to be relevant at the same time and differentiate yourself. So um, I think you do that very well. And the people, when you know, they're going to hear you, they know they'll be able to see that as well. Yeah. Um, no, so I thank you for joining me. Uh, it's yeah. been a pleasure. Be drippy, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's a pleasure. The second episode of Santos Says... Uh, I just want to remind everybody to make sure you check out Be Drippy. I'm going to have all his information, uh, social media, wherever you can find them, um, to, to connect with him as well, um, on the YouTube uh, description, as well as on uh, all the audio platform descriptions, so you can uh, stay in touch and uh, be uh, in the know. And also, don't forget to follow Santos Thread Shop. Uh, Santos Thread Shop on IG and visit Santos hyphen threads, S A N T O S hyphen T H R E A D S uh, for the website for your merch. Subscribe today, get 20% off your purchase. Uh, we've got women's, men's apparel, tees, shorts, uh, leggings, we've got hats, we've got all kinds of apparel gear. So make sure you check us out online as well. And also, again, make sure you check out B Drippy, uh, his new joint called Pull Up. Uh, we're going to play that right now, signing off. Um, I just want to make sure I let everybody know, don't uh, don't forget to check us out on the third episode. I don't have a topic yet, but for the third episode, I will promote that and you'll see what's coming on that third uh, topic. But remember, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say, say it with your chest. Peace. Right. Appreciate you, bro. Peace. See me coming up now How does young and all these groupies on me when I touch them Playing with the gang, but believe you gon' get run down How am I get this money, got this wallet till I run out Look, All these diamonds on me, leave them shook up Grinding in the stoomy and my brothers feel the cook up Louis on my body, I got drip from overseas Started making music when it's only was a dream Whoa, switch up my flow Shorty say she want me and she blowin' up